Amen. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit in our hearts in this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you that as we sung about you and your fellowship with us, we thank you that you said you would never leave us or forsake us, that you're here with us always, even until the end of time. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our friend, our comforter, our guide, our strengthener, our everything that we need. You're there for us. We thank you, Lord. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the third person of the Trinity. You are God himself, and I thank you, Lord God, for your presence in this place. What would church be without the Holy Spirit? You told the, Jesus told the disciples, don't go until the promise of the Father has come upon you. Your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord if you can. And we want to stay in the presence of the Lord as we deliver this message to you. I'm just so excited to have the Lord on our side. You know, it's good to know that we have the Lord. I did a funeral the other day, and I didn't know the person. I had to ask, did they accept the Lord? Did they know the Lord? And they said, I, I think so. I don't know really if they did or not. I mean, that's terrible to have to leave this earth and not have the Holy Spirit, not have the Lord on your side because you know that there's only two places you can go, up or down, amen? And so they said, yes, yeah, she did. And I go, oh, well, that's good news. That is good news to hear. That's going to be an easy funeral to do because all we have to do is talk about heaven. And, uh, you know, it's like, have you ever had someone that had an accident, like maybe a car accident or maybe a fire in the house, and you ask them, did you have any insurance? And they said, oh, no, we, we, we put it off. We didn't, we didn't get any insurance. That's not good. And if you die and you don't have fire insurance, amen, where are you going to be? In the place that you can't get out of. So that's what compels me to reach out to people, even when it's inconvenient or when it looks kind of like almost out of sort, but you still want to tell them about the good news of the gospel so that they can be saved and go to heaven. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. It should compel us. Jesus said, I come to save those that were lost. What are we supposed to do? Go and seek those that are lost and tell them about the good news of the Bible. I, I, I was going to mention how Joshua was at a place, kind of loud music and things, and he said, I need to leave here. But the Holy Spirit captured him and said, you need to go and pray for that one lady that was crying and needed someone to, to minister to her. So he turned around, came back, and didn't want to be there. It was loud music, but he still prayed with the lady. She was crying. And, and then someone next to him, next to her said, could you pray for me too? And he prayed for them, and then, then that person prayed for Joshua. I go, like, this is all happening in a place, not in church, amen, in a place where you wouldn't think God would be, but God is everywhere, reaching out, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, which is the third person of the Godhead, and, you know, a lot of times he doesn't get credit for the things that he's doing. Did you know that? We're going to talk about him a little bit, but let's pray first. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your words that you're going to put in my heart and in my mouth to speak to your people, to encourage them and have them have a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, think about it. The Holy Spirit was there on the days, on the days of creation. Isn't that not right? He was hovering over the face of the earth. Slide 50 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. What was he doing? He was waiting for God to speak. He was waiting for instructions from God the Father. And guess what? He's still hovering over the earth, waiting for our instructions, waiting for us to speak life into death situations. And he was hovering over the, over the earth. Then God said, let there be light. And bam, there was light. So if anybody wants to talk to you about the bang theory, there it is. Bang. God spoke it and it happened. Praise God. <laughs> now, the Holy Spirit was, was the source of writing in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Amen? So in, in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of God. Uh, will of man, but by holy men of God who spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, that word prophecy means a discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God. Now, that's the way you hear from God. Sit down, get yourself calm, and ask the Lord some questions and let him use your pen to write your answers, just like he did with the, the, the prophets of old. Now, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. How did he do that? Was he there on the day of creation? No, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and told him what exactly happened. Isn't that good news? And God will speak to you and give you direction and tell you things that you need to know. I like that about the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we even see in the New Testament, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. God's Word is inspired. It has life. It'll speak to you. It'll direct you. It'll give you power and strength to do the things that you need to do. It's not just written words on the page, but when you put it in your heart, it becomes alive. And you're walking around with a living Word able to minister to people. Amen? So it's the inspiration of God, and it's profitable for reproof, correction, instructions, in righteousness. Now, the Holy Spirit is influential in our lives today because Jesus said, I am going away, but I'm going to have Sister Cecilia read a scripture for us because I need to calm, I need to calm down here. Good morning. Amen. Good morning, saints of God. The scripture reading today is found in John 14, 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. May God add a blessing to the reading of this word. Amen. That's good reading, right? Yeah. Now, what did she say? The Holy, Jesus was telling his disciples, the Holy Spirit's been with you, but now he's going to be what? In you. Are, is that right? Yep. In us, the God of all creation said, I'm going to come on, live on the inside of you. I'm gonna, I want to be so close to you. I, I don't want to be apart from you. I want to be inside. I want to guide and direct you in everything that you do. Now, the only way I can relate to this is when I first met the lovely Marianne. 
I wanted to be close to her all the time. She wanted to be close to me. And we used to drive, you know, when we, in the old days, they had those bucket seats. You know, now we have, uh, I mean, uh, bench seats. Now we have the bucket seats, right? The bench seats and, and the girl, when you're picking up a girl, you would see how close she would sit next to you. If she was hanging on the door, you go, oh, this is not going to be a good night here. <laughs> if she got in the middle, you go, okay, I got a chance with this girl. But if she sat right next to you, all of a sudden she automatically became your girlfriend, right? <laughs> now, Marianne went a step further. She got so close to me. She was like in my face and kissing my ear. And as we're driving, I'm thinking like, this is kind of dangerous. But hey, you know, I'm enjoying it. You know, nobody's ever paid that much attention to me. But the policeman saw it. He drove by and he said, could you please move away from the driver? You know, give him some room, let him breathe. So she, she, she heeded the policeman, and we didn't, we didn't do that anymore. But when we went out to eat, we didn't sit across the table from each other. That's too far away. We had to sit next to each other on the same seat, touching each other. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, this is so good. Amen. Then when we got married, hallelujah, we, we, we slept in a single bed, and, and we had our arms all tangled up and in our face and legs crossed and everything. We didn't mind. We wanted to be close and next to each other. But as time went on, <laughs> I said, you know, babe, there, there's, there's a double bed in the next room. We could sleep in that room, that, that bed. And so we went into that room and had a little more room. And then the, as time went on, we got a queen-size bed. And now it's more like, can you go in the other room? Because I need... You're snoring, and I need to get some sleep in here. <laughs> but Jesus will stay with you. How? Forever. He'll guide you and teach you and show you things to come. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. You know, uh, Brother Richard Espinosa and I were up there. We we're, were trimming the palm trees. And we did one day, and we were tired, okay? We used the, 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 the hacksaw and... and you know, it wasn't that good, but we were huffing. He was huffing and puffing. I was holding the ladder. I said, what's the problem, you know? He says, just hold the ladder, okay? Whatever you do. <laughs> so, so finally, the next day, when we're getting ready to come, uh, Joseph Madrigal calls and says, Richard, how are you doing? He goes, I'm doing good. I'm going with the pastor. We're going to cut down some palm trees. He goes, you know what? I got an electric saw that has a long handle. You, want, you think you guys want to use that? Yes, please, come. And we chopped those palm trees. So we're giving tours now out there to, to look at our palm trees. Beautifully done. Amen? But in the Old Testament, let's roll back a little bit into the Old Testament. You ready? God chose Saul, who was head and shoulders above all the people, but he really wasn't equipped or trained to be king and to lead the people. In fact, when they were going to anoint him to be king, they couldn't find him. And the Lord, Samuel said to the Lord, Lord, where's, where's uh, Saul? He said, he's hiding in the equipment. He's hiding in the supplies. Can you imagine how embarrassing that is for the prophet Samuel? And here is your new king. I said, here is your new, where is the king, you know? Dead time. And they had to say, he's hiding. Because, but then he finally came. But when he anoints you, I mean, when he appoints you, he anoints you. Let's see how it went in 1 Samuel 10, 6 and 7. 
Samuel said to him, The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully, mightily, rushing upon you, and you will prophesy with the prophets, and you will be changed into a different person. How many of you want to be changed into a different person? Amen? <laughs> that old self, put it away. Amen? I was playing basketball with my friends, and uh, the, you know, the day ended, and they go, well, what are you going to do? I go, well, my wife's on vacation with her, with her mom in Oceanside. They go, oh, you're going to party? I go, no, no, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible and pray. And they said, what? I said, I said, they said, is that really what you want to do? I go, yes, that's really what I want to do. And that's what I did. But they thought, oh, that was, the old Chuck, you know, he would have gone running around doing crazy things. And uh, no, I, my desire, I'm a different person. I'm not the same person anymore. I, I don't even have those. I don't even think about it. What are you guys talking about? Angel was telling me he went to the beach with some of his high school friends that went into the service. And so he made the mistake of getting in their car and driving all the way to the beach. So he was stuck there. And what he didn't realize is these guys had not changed a bit. And they were running around trying to get girls' phone numbers and crazy things like that. And he said, I can't take it. I'm, I got to go home. They go, well, how are you going to get home? He said, I don't know. I'll call Uber. I'll... They said, no, we'll, we'll take you. No, no, I don't want you to bother you. They said, we'll pay for you. We'll pay the Uber for you to get you out of here. He couldn't last more than two hours there. Because what? He's a different, different person. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. We have to have the mind of Christ. We have to have thinking, what, what can I do to please you, Lord? Praise God. So in, in uh, 1 Samuel 10, verse 11, it says, When all those who formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, What is this thing that has happened unto the son of Kish? What is this thing that's happened to Don? He's he not the same guy anymore. Well, 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 you mean Pastor Chuck, he's a pastor now? How'd that happen? Any man? What, what happened to him? I know when I first got saved, I used to, we used to play baseball and go to the pizza place and have beer and, and eat pizza. No beer for me? I don't want to have no beer. What are you talking about? They go, what happened to you? I said, I got saved last night. They go, oh, that, that'll be over in a while. Oh, no, 40 years later, I'm still in love with Jesus. Amen? So you, first thing is you'll become a new person. Isn't that good news? Old things are passed away. Amen. Second thing is let's look at Samson. Oh, I like st studying this story about Samson. In fact, one guy I was looking at the commentary spent four years studying about Samson. Let's look at this. In uh, and, and Judges 15, 14 through 15, Samson was tied up. The Philistines were after him. The Israelites said, you know what, we're going to tie you up and give you to him because, you know, we, we need some relief. They're mad, and they're going to come and get you. So we're going to tie you up. He said, okay, whatever. And then in verse 14, it says, when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then, ho, oh, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands, and he found a fresh jawbone of the donkey, reached out his hand and took it, and killed how many? Wait a minute. This, is, this, is this a fairy tale or what? A thousand men. I've seen Jackie Chan. You've seen Jackie Chan. How did Samson take a jawbone of a donkey and wipe out a thousand? I'm thinking just 50 people on top of him at the same time. 
But no, bing, 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 bang, whoop. You know, I was studying Jackie Chan in the wee hours of the night, and he didn't have just one take when he used to beat everybody. One time, up to 120 takes. He said, no, stand back. No, not, not so close. But, you know, don't, don't swing. This. Leanne, you know how it is, right? You go over it and over it and over it. And when he was in China, he, he could do it many times. But in America, they said, no, we, we can't keep going through this. These so many takes. It's costing us too much money. But he was a perfectionist. But Samson, one take, a thousand guys coming after him. Amen? Now, another thing that Samson did is, is uh, check this out. He was in a bad place. The Philistines were out to get him again. So at midnight, he gets up out of bed. He goes to the gates of the city, picks up the post with the gates, and walks it 36 miles. And some people say, you know, I was just so tired, I couldn't come to church today. I just couldn't get up out of bed. You know, I don't know what it was. It's something. Now, this gate weighed 5,000 pounds. This is not just your ordinary gate. This is a gate that's supposed to keep all the army out. Samson, great feats that he did. Praise the Lord. Get, that's that same spirit that's with you can do great things. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how moms do it. They take care of their kids. They work. They do the house cleaning and all that stuff. And, and they take care of their husband. And they go to bed late. And they get up early. And they cook. And they do How do they do that? Vanessa, how do you do that? <laughs> The Spirit of the Lord, right, <laughs> who comes and takes charge and takes, you know, control over you. Amen. Amen? So God gives us supernatural strength to do the things that we couldn't do. So look for that strength. And he also gives you creative ideas. In Exodus 35, the Bible says that the Lord filled uh, some people with the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of all manner of workmanship to design artistic works to work in gold and silver and bronze, cutting of jewels, setting of carving wood, and to work all manner of artistic workmanship. Wow. You can be an artist. You can ask the Lord to give you wisdom in, in what you're doing. We had a friend named Henry Washington, and he had that gift where he could just take a little bit of furniture and he could put it in a room and make it look full, make it look, you know, alive give you a, an imagination of how it could be if the whole place was filled. And so, he, you know, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. So he was hired by real estate agents to sell multi-million dollar homes that were blank empty. And the people would come in, they go like, oh, it's nice, but I, I don't get the vision of how anything is going to work here. So he would come and he'd put a big plant there or a shelf over here, little, little uh, uh, furniture, and they sold houses just like that. Because God gave him workmanship. He gave him wisdom in how to do things. Amen? So Samson's, Samson's feats are incredible. And one thing he also did, I like this Samson guy. He got, he got mad at the Philistines, and he found 300 foxes, tied their tails together, put a torch in between them, and torched up their whole fields. How do you catch 300 foxes? I mean, not only was he big and strong, but he was fast. I'd like to have him on the football team, wouldn't you? Go get him, Samson. Talk about the incredible Hulk. There he is. You know, don't get him mad. All right. Now, 
In a little more calmer setting, we have David and uh, the, the Holy Spirit that came upon him. 1 Samuel 16, verse 13 says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. He didn't leave him. He stayed with him. So you might ask, if the Spirit of the Lord was with him, how could he sin with Bathsheba? How could he have her husband killed? Do you wonder that? What happened, right? I'll ask you the same question. How do you get caught up in sin with the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you? Amen? Let's turn that around a little bit, okay? <laughs> I know better, Lord. Help me. Help me get through this, Lord. I'm sorry. The Holy Spirit it convicts us of those things. He's not, he's not going to, you know, hogtail you, but he's going to gently. And, and that's what's so wonderful about this church, new heart. We, you come in with an old, tired heart, maybe a sinful heart, and God changes you little by little, you know, week by week. And, and people say, you know, I don't know what it is, but it seems like I'm changing. I don't like the same things I used to like. I, I'm putting aside those things that used to, you know, beset me. Because the Holy Spirit is your teacher, and he's your He's the lover of your soul. Amen? So when, when, when David sinned, what did he tell the Lord? Don't take away your spirit from me. I, don't want to, I can't live without you. Catherine Coleman says, don't grieve my friend. Be nice. My Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is my friend. Now, Jesus told his disciples, or Jesus needed the Holy Spirit for his ministry. He said, I can do nothing of myself. Let's look at this in uh, Matthew chapter 3, 16 through 17. It says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning on him. So Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to start his ministry. He said, I can't do this in my own self. I'm a man, I've emptied myself from my Godhead, and now I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and direct me. In Acts 10, 38, you ready? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus said, I need the Holy Spirit. Amen? He told his disciples, wait for the promise of the Father to come. Don't do any ministry until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, that was the introduction. You ready for the message? Okay. <laughs> Second Corinthians 13, 14. We're going to see the Trinity at work here. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship. There's the Holy Spirit calling us now. Ain't that amazing? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Okay, this is live, amen? <laughs> okay, let's go back. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. What are we supposed to be doing with the Holy Spirit? Fellowship, fellowship. You know what I told you what the fellowship means, two fellas in the same ship. We're... We're fellowshipping. We're spending time with each other. Jesus, the Holy Spirit wants to spend time with you. He desires to be with you. That's why we were created, to walk with him in the cool of the garden. 
God loves us that much. He said, I want to be with you. I want to be in you. I want to talk to you. I want to have fellow. He's, he's up there in heaven, and he said, I created these people. I need to fellowship with them. So you may ask, how do we do that, Pastor Chuck? Amen? How do we do that? I'm glad you came. I'm glad you asked. It's, I'm going to use an acronym so that you can think about this. When you want to you know, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it's right there in the word thank or trust. First thing is to thank Him and praise Him for His indwelling presence in your life. Amen? Second thing is to let Him reveal Himself to you, His heart and the realm of His glory. Third is to you, use me. Use, use me for your work, Holy Spirit. S, strengthen me. Strengthen me to do the things that you've called me to do. Teach me. Teach me how to be like Jesus. Teach me how to fellowship with the Father. Amen? Amen. So now I gave you the whole ball of wax, but now I'm going to break it down. I'm kind of that way. You know, I, hate, I can't, can't hold it, you know. You, you ever have a present that you want to give to somebody, and it's a week away? And it's hard to hold it. You know, it's like, oh, man, I got a present for you. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> what is it? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. <laughs> I know some of you guys, for Christmas, what did you do going under the tree and shake it? Some people, I heard, actually open up the presents and look at it. I see a hand back there. And then fold it back up. Oh, my mom would cut my hands off if I did something like that. I mean, that is unforgivable, you know. You could shake it. You could look at it, but don't open it. But some people do. Some people do. Some people do. Okay. Thank the Holy Spirit for his indwelling presence. What scripture is that? That's in Psalms 100. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. How do you come into the presence of the Lord? I praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, not murmuring and complaining. Do you ever know people that are complaining all the time? <laughs> all the time. I don't like this. People that you don't know, I don't like this. I don't like that. Please give me a break. <laughs> God, and God, you're coming into God complaining. And he's going, what are you complaining about? I can do all things. What's your problem? What do you need? I can help you. But if you don't have that hope and that expectation, he can't help you. Thank him and praise him. Thanks, uh, come to his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. That's how the Holy Spirit comes in. Praise God. He said he, 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 uh, he fills us, his presence, he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits. He lives there. When you speak good things about the Lord, he likes that. Don't you like it when people say good things about you? Uh, aren't those the people that you invite to your party? <laughs> and they come in, they go, oh, what a beautiful home you have. I love your decorations. I love that picture. That's a beautiful picture that you have right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on in. <laughs> you have people come in. We've had people come in and say, you need to paint that right there, okay? <laughs> you know, take that wood, just paint it all white. You know, just, no, 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 we don't want to do that. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. And then R, reveal. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you his heart and the realm of his glory. That's in Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. Paul prayed this, that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, 
may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We don't, eye has not seen nor ear heard all the wonderful things that he has planned for us. God is saying, that Paul is saying, I'm praying that God would open up your eyes and realize who you are in him. You're special to him. He wants to use your gifts and your talents to glorify him. That people look and go, I can't believe that's you. Man, you're, you're special, man. How, how do you do all that? God. <laughs> I said, God <laughs> works through me to do wonderful things in my life. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, and I know we have some testimonies here of God doing great things for those here. And I don't want to spoil it by saying anything, but we have some testimonies of how God used people and, and their gifts and their talents, how he comes through just in the nick of time to save you. Praise God. And then also you, you means use me. Ask the Holy Spirit to use you more and more. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, I beg you, I implore you. Brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Use me, Lord. Don't be tired. Don't be lazy. Don't be like, you know, befuddled with all your problems. Reach out and help somebody. I know Maggie and myself, when we were driving to Kaiser, when people had problems, we had problems, but we went to help other people with their problems, and God helped us with our problems. It's kind of the way it works, right? You want to work for him, he'll work for you. Use me, Lord. Use me. Use me up. Because <laughs> you can rest when you die, right? Then you can go to heaven, and God will have said, here's all the things, the wonderful things you did in my name. Praise God. You know, Willie Mays, they, they, they interviewed him, and they said, you know, Willie, you hit so many home runs this month. You hit so many home runs last month. Uh, how many home runs do you think you're going to hit in, in this year? He goes, oh, I don't know. Uh, I'll hit them, and you count them. And, and that's the way God is, you know. You just go ahead and do all the good deeds that you can, possibly can. God's tabulating. And when you get to heaven, you're going to have a reward. You're going to have a mansion that was built together because of your good works and your good deeds. This is important time that you're here on the earth. Amen. So I'm trying to put you to work. I'm trying to get you to do things. I'm so happy when people volunteer and want to do things to help out with the food and do the things around the church because we're doing it for the Lord. It's the Lord's house. And as we do these things, God is pleased with them. Praise God. So use me, Lord. And then S, strengthen me. Ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen your mind and your emotions. What does it say in Ephesians 3, 14 through 16? For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, to be strengthened with might through his, what, spirit in the inner man. Your spirit has to be strong to do the things that you have to do. You wake up in the morning and you go like, I know I should pray, but... My body's saying you're tired. <laughs> Who's going to win, your spirit or your body? <laughs> I hit a nerve over here, okay? <laughs> your spirit has to be stronger than your body. Otherwise, your body will overrule you. But if you need something so bad, your spirit will say, you better get up and do some things that I've called you to do. Praise the Lord. So, 
you, you know, some people get their bodies all, you know, primed and fit, but their spirit is all weak and everything. And so when it's time to wake up, you're your, your natural man, your body says, no, we're not getting up. And your spirit says, oh, no, we need to get up. You need to get up. Come on, let's get up. Get... Our spirit has to be strong, amen? When you wake up, you got to go right to the prayer room. Hey, Lord, I'm up. How are you? Praise God. Thank you for the dreams and visions you gave me while I was sleeping. Amen. And finally, say finally. 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 <laughs> Is this helping you? Are, are you ready? Are you, can you do this? When you want to talk to the Holy Spirit, think of this word in trust. Thank Him, right? Reveal, ask Him to reveal Himself to you. Ask Him to use you. Ask Him to strengthen you. And ask Him to teach you about how to be more like Jesus. Look, look at here in John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance of all things that I've said to you. The Holy Spirit's got perfect memory of everything knows exactly what you're thinking. You know, I was, I was asked to teach at a, a children's conference, and they said, uh, uh, do you want to do that? You know, I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can remember when the Lord arrested me to teach children. And the way it came about was I, I, when I was 10 years old, I was 10 years old at one time, <laughs> and uh, I was playing baseball, and I wasn't the best player on the team. I was kind of in the middle I wasn't the best. I wasn't the worst. But the coach came to me one time. He said, Chuck, how are you doing? He sat me down and said, how are you, how are you doing? Well, good, coach. He goes, no, no, tell, tell me how you feel. I told him how I felt. And he just warmed my heart because he was listening and he was penetrating and he was trying to, you know, pull from me what was really on the inside of me. And I said, you know, if I ever grow up, if I ever live to be like 20, 21, I'm going to do the same thing to another 10-year-old. I want to give him that same good feeling that I had. So when I got to be 20, I went away from the Lord, do my own crazy things for 10 years. And then at the age of 30, I said, you know what? This is not working. <laughs> I have hit a dead end. My life is not going anywhere. So I said, Lord, if you can do anything with my life, you can have it now. And he came in and he flooded my soul. And I realized that he was my God and he had made me and he wanted me and he had a plan for me. And I just felt his presence so wonderfully in my life. And I went to church. And the first day at church, this children's church director came up to me and he said, you know, I think you'd be good in children's church. You think you ever, have you ever thought about that? I go, no, please. I'm, I'm supposed to teach, you know, thousands. What are you talking about? Kids, you know. Just because I'm short, you think, you know, like I would be the best person for that? He said, just go home and pray about it. I go, okay. What? 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 <laughs> okay, I'll come back and tell him, no, I didn't get anything. But I go home and I prayed. And the Holy Spirit, guess what he said? He said, didn't you say when you were 10 years old that if you grew up that you want to return that same favor to some other little child? I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I went back and I told him, yeah, okay, I'm, sign me up, I'm in. And then I found out that Abraham... God said, I will bless Abraham because he will teach his children after him. So that's been my compelling uh, desire is to see that the children are taught the word, word of God. Amen? Because they're, they're going to grow up and they need to know the word of God to survive everything. I didn't have the word of God when I was growing up. I wish I would have. I wouldn't have strayed like, like, like it is. So 
What do we do? Who do we pray to? What do we pray? How do we pray? You might ask. <laughs> so let me help you with this final thought. When you pray, you pray to the Father in Jesus' name, and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He's our, fe he's our fellowship. He's our companion. He's our helper, our strengthener. You don't pray to the Holy Spirit because He's here to help you, to teach you about what Jesus has said, and to bring you into the glory of the Lord, of the Father. Amen? The Father's plan. So you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He wants to fellowship with you. Amen? So just close our eyes and let this word sink into your heart that God desires you with an everlasting love to be with you, to comfort you, to have fellowship with you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for those that are here. I thank you, Lord, that they receive this word, how you're reaching out and giving them an invitation to seek you with all their heart, their soul, their strength, and their might, so that they may see the riches and the glory that you have prepared for them. I thank you, Lord, that you touch them in their heart, that they are, they are encouraged to speak to you and ask for the solutions and the plans and the settlements of all the things that they're facing, that, Lord, that, God, you will be their strength, you'll be their light, you'll be their God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you're here and you have not accepted the Lord, you say, you know what, I, I haven't even really made that decision to accept the Lord. This prayer is going to be for you. Or if you said, you know, I have accepted the Lord, but I've kind of strayed away like I did. Let's pray this together and let the Lord come in and just fill your heart. Say, repeat after me. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. He is the light of my life. I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Be Lord of my life and guide me all the days of my life. And Father, all those things that are not pleasing to you, I ask you to take them away so that I may be pure and holy in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.